Does everybody know what time it is? Time to bust out the thread needles. We're going to mend some socks. It's grunt work. Get me through this semi-charmed kind of life. And that something else is Grunt Work, the one and only podcast about the TV series Home Improvement. I'm your host, Truman the Meat Man Caps, and with me as always is my co-host Landon. I can probably guess what's under that beard, Solano. <laughs> I was really hoping it was going to be Landon. Do, 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 Solano. I was thinking about it. I was thinking about if I wanted to talk sing <laughs> the instrumental as well, and I thought, no, Truman, that's too dumb. <laughs> People expect a certain sweet spot of dumbness, and that would be into the red zone. Uh, that's actually one of my go-to karaoke songs, Semi-Charmed Life by Three Eye Blind. Third Eye Blind. Three Eye Blind. Three Lion Blinds, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I have been listening to that song a lot recently, just for yep. some reason. I've t- for some reason I've got an itch, and the only thing that can scratch it is semi charmed kind of life. And as <laughs> I was rocking out to it earlier today, I thought, you know what? I think for the first time I'm going to actually plan out ahead of time what song I talk sick on this show. <laughs> and and sure enough, I did. Oh man, semi charmed life and that whole album, graduation. Uh, their self titled album is like the epitome of my high school years. That was like. <laughs> That was the sound that Matchbox Twenty. I unfortunately didn't grow up in like I came in this weird like I graduated in over the course of the four years when I was in high school. Yeah, there yeah. was no really good music. Like <laughs> I, I mean, the same good way. music existed obviously, but nothing that we our generation could call like ours. You yeah, know, twenty years down the line sure. now and being proud of it. Like yeah, yeah. The Nickelback came out. Uh, <laughs> The closest thing we have is the White Stripes came out around that time, a little after, i say post-high school, uh, along with the Strokes and, you know, uh, but, you know, it, it, more than likely it was like Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Backstreet Boys, and on the rock side it was, you know, the kind of alt-rock stuff with Third Eye Blind, mm-hmm. Matchbox 20, Goo Goo Dolls, um, or uh, Three Doors Down. Oh, uh, God, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. whole old rigmarole. If you asked me to name one song that I identify completely with my high school years, it, it would have to be uh, Welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. Now, I'm saying <laughs> not not the song I was listening to. Sure. I was listening to lots of Chicago, like all the cool <laughs> kids did. But that was that was what that was like what spoke to all of the really dark, gothy kids at yeah. my at my totally uh, gothy suburban high school. I, you know, I am I do feel kind of blessed that I was out of high school right before the emo phase hit. That's why. Like, your life is semi-charmed. <laughs> semi-charmed. <laughs> and only kind of a life. <laughs> well, here we are. And here we are. Wait, do, new... do you have, do you have uh, more musical memories? Do you <laughs> I mean, I have sorry, a lot of musical memories, but uh, we, we're here to talk about home improvement, not music. Although, uh, yeah, although we never let that stop us from talking That's about other things anyway. very true. In fact, I, I do have another musical thing that okay. I can mention in this yes. preamble, and it has to do with Patricia Richardson. Oh, even better. Uh, as some of our listeners know, um, she was in the uh, musical for Cruel Intentions yeah. uh, over the last year. Good for her. Um, she has since le- uh, left the residency, but... Uh, they just announced that they're going to do a cast album, and she's been asked to come back uh, to sing on the cast album for Cruel Intentions. Oh my god, do you think that we can get her to, like, record our theme song? Like, they can do a new, like, <laughs> basically we write the lyrics, and then while she's in the studio, she takes, like, five minutes and sings. Oh my god, I would love that. Song. 
I also just love the idea that we have to write lyrics to the Tool Time and Home Improvement theme songs. <laughs> Why has that not occurred to us before? Grunt, 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 work. <laughs> grunt, 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 work, grunt, 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 work. I think that's pretty much it. Because on because the Tool Time theme is yeah. tool, 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 time. <laughs> tool, 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 time. Um, well, before, before we go any further, I yeah. do have one other thing. Oh, I do have to ask you about uh, XCOM Corner. You don't have to ask me about XCOM Corner, but first, your birthday is tomorrow. So I know this is not going to become a regular feature, me handing Landon things for him to open (laughs) and you guys listening to it. But, but it so happens his birthday is, is the day after we record this and I did not get him anything last year. I will never forgive myself. I gotta, I gotta give them the sweet, uh, jealousy sound of. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The bubble wrap popping daddies over here. Yeah. Gotta put it to your head like Karnak the Magnificent. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. There you go. That's real good. Fully work there. In in the future, I'll just pre-open these things for you. I I should like on TV how they have the box that has the lid on it that just comes up that no one ever does like the oddly wrapped. All right, we did it. We've done it. It's a UPS package. God, this guy really packaged the shit out of this thing, didn't he? <laughs> People give us crap for how oh. much. <laughs> Guys, Landon, Landon just hit himself in the face. He just hit himself in the face with the cardboard as he was unwrapping the box. He just gave me a little gift. <laughs> oh my god okay that's a good sign because when we started recording our first episode you smacked yourself in the I face did. with the headset i did how the fuck does this thing open guys i'm sorry it, All right, here we i'm go. having I so much it. fun watching this okay here we go now he's opening it here. edit point here oh my god <laughs> this is a script for home improvement I, i'm trying to figure out which one it is so that i, I can tell i mean i believe it's so, a season three okay it's called eve of construction it's not an episode we've come across yet. it's not it's not one of ours uh so, i couldn't find one of those if i could have found the one for that we did today that would have been the best gift th- okay hold on so this is this is a, a shooting script for an episode of home improvement called eve of destruction that is correct uh, there is no episode number on here so we'll have to figure that out when we get there but it's a puzzle this it's is puzzle. insane this is great well, it's, you know, happy birthday. You being alive has been great. Your life is great, Landon. This well, script is only a small token. This is amazing. Um, well, this is amazing. Um, I want to flip through this more, but I feel like for the sake of uh, uh, the air for yeah. our listeners, we need to do a little celebratory putting it into our new Tool Time Absol- corner. Absolutely. You're wonderfully made. Of course, right after you build that thing, I get you something that's too big to fit on any of the lower shelves. <laughs> That's the true gift, Landon. What we're going to do is we're going to move that guy. We're going to move the DVD down. I like the season three DVD, by the way. we're going to put the script right there. And will it slide off it as will. we record? But Not as we record. It'll slip off, but, but I'm hey. going to read it again later. I was just doing a ceremonious. No, like, I understand. I understand. Hang it from the rafters. There hey. it is. Wow, dude. That's awesome. Thank you. Hey, man. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, guys. I promise I'm not going to give him any more gifts for uh, a good long while. So you won't have to. That's two two in a row. It's uncharacteristic of me. Now let's get on with the show already. Yes. Let's just get on with the we show. We watched an episode this week. We did, and I'm going to say it right now. Yeah, I think this is my favorite episode of the damn show I've ever seen. This wow. Is, okay. I think this is the funniest episode yet. I, okay. I have not... You were a little silent on the couch after the episode was done, and I'm like, oh, did something uh, go go awry with him? I was I was say I was saving it. I was saving up okay. for now. This this episode, uh, this eclipses the uh, to build or not to build from last season. Oh, and all this right. Eclips- well, I mean, this is leaps and yards funnier than the one where Tim is sad about his father dying. Like this one is, <laughs> uh, and and better also than the one about how friendships decay over time. This one is just just 
gold, it's joy, it is Frasier-esque, and it's kind of comedy of errorsness. Uh-huh. There's some... We there's so much good Al stuff. There is an all time Wilson scene. Oh man, guys! If you watch one episode of Home Improvement this year, <laughs> it should be season three, episode four. And I don't actually have a name in mind. Yeah, right let's yet. play the the title game before we go into okay, it. Okay, okay, yes, yes, yes. Let me think very quickly because I didn't prepare this time. Um, okay, I think I've got at least one. Yeah. Okay. Well. Deliver what it is. I think that the name of the episode is... Well, actually, should we do the synopsis first? No, 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 go into it. I think the name of the episode is What's Your Beef? Ooh, that's a good one. Or um, A Good Neighbor is a Rare Thing to Have. Okay. Or um, uh, or The Grunt Creep Has Grown Arms, Save Us All, <laughs> uh, uh, Women and Children First. I, I yeah, I... <laughs> So yeah, it's probably either What's Your Beef or okay. a Good, uh, good I love thing. What's Your Beef, because that you. plays, uh, as our listeners will find out soon, uh, into, uh, on multiple levels, what this thing's about. It's got levels. The the actual name of this episode is A So-So Evening. Oh. But it's spelled S-E-W-S-E-W. Guys, why why are you naming the episodes <laughs> after the B-plots? <laughs> Why are you? This is so confounding. Well, they it's, always it's a do bit, this. I mean, it's a, it's a combination of both because they have a so-so evening on this double date. No, they don't. They have a shitty evening. It's not <laughs> so-so implies there were some good times, there were some bad times. You know, uh, yeah. this was not this was not that. This was all okay. bad times. Fair. Uh, it is a bit of a, a uh, come on, guys. Uh, yeah. Title. It's not. It's not a great one. But hey, you know what? I, I forgive. I forgive. Hopefully, hopefully, whoever wrote the script that I got you did not come up with this title. Uh, yeah, we don't, we do have writer credits, but we don't have title credits, so oh. who knows? This one was written by Rosalind Moore, who, uh, has done a lot of the episodes that we've loved so far. You know, Rosalind Moore, uh, we, I, I give you the tool time salute, ma'am, because you did a fantastic job with this episode. <laughs> she wrote your favorite episode, well, your previous favorite episode. Uh, the, uh, uh, To Build or Not To Build? Uh, no, uh, she wrote Jill's Birthday. Oh, Jill's Birthday. <laughs> oh, good. Jill's birthday. <laughs> well, I did have some good moments with them them trying to measure women's dresses with tape measures. I suppose I did have fun watching that. Well, Landon, we've kept the yeah. the good folks at home in the dark long enough. Do you have you got by any chance a synopsis of what happened tonight? Uh, I do, but I got all the words mixed up, so I'm gonna have to reassemble them on the fly. Okay, this is this is exciting. It'll be like scat singing. It'll be freestyling. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. Um, a so-so evening. Uh, <laughs> By A So-So Evening by Rosalind Moore. <laughs> A So-So Evening by Landon Solano, fourth grade. What I did on my tool time vacation. New neighbors uh, Joe and Marie Morton move in next door to the Taylors, but Tim finds Joe to be incredibly obnoxious. Uh, upon Joe's first arrival, he dings the grill of Tim's uh, hot rod and then lingers while Tim tries to work. Uh, to eschew the situation, Tim says that he has to go attend to Jill, who suffers from depression and alcoholism. <laughs> Uh, interesting that's the first place your mind goes to. <laughs> uh, later, Jill meets Marie and uh, really connects with her. They set up a, a double date for the two couples. Um, however, at dinner, uh, Joe lets slip the lies that Tim told about Jill, and that puts him in hot water. Hot ham water. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Brad enrolls in home ec to impress the ladies and ends up learning the useful skill of sewing instead. Completely by accident. <laughs> uh, and that's... Uh, that's more or less our episode. That is that is more or less... I mean, this episode is so much more, but that was, I think, yeah. a very succinct description of what it is. Um, Joe the Meat Man... Yes. Is he played 
Yes, he by is. By Kurtwood Smith. Oh, no, 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 no. I thought he was Red Foreman. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> Not Kurtwood. He is played by Robert Picardo, oh. uh, who you might know um, from Star Trek. Oh, okay, okay. Picard. Uh, who uh, Who do you, like, this is TNG, I would assume, yeah? No, no, no. This is, uh, uh. Wait, is he the emergency medical hologram? From Voyager? He is Voyager. He's from Voyager. Oh, he plays the doctor in Voyager. Yeah, the emergency medical hologram. Okay, cool. That's... <laughs> and whenever I would see him, I was, I was like, is that the dad from that 70s show? <laughs> I think I think that all bald white guys yeah. look alike. I'm so glad that my racism extends to, like, my own race. <laughs> my extent with uh, with Redwood Smith is... Is that his name? Kurtwood. Kurtwood Smith is uh, uh, Robocop. Oh, wait. Is he the... Ba- does he run the... Yeah, he's kind of the the bad guy in that film and that film traumatized me as a kid so uh when i saw him on that 70s show i was like oh the guy from <laughs> robocop why do i feel weird as a t- uh, 20 year old uh i first saw him in that 70s show and then when my family uh recently rewatched the bill murray film quick change oh, yeah. and kurtwood smith plays this huge ominous mob boss who gets arrested at the end i'm like ah i call shenanigans sir he is not a threatening figure that is red uh i disagree because everything i know him in he's been a threatening figure uh and a shadowy figure and all kinds of uh, nefarious figure types to be fair on <laughs> on that 70s show he is always threatening to kick someone's ass so maybe True. He, maybe he channeled that <laughs> but we we're talking about robert picardo here yes robert uh, picardo the, emergency the, the meat holder. man yes uh who he owns a butcher company or he i think it's a meat supplier he, he's basically uh facilitating the trump stakes yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I that's think, why he's doing so good. Yeah, he's not he's not the he's not the guy who cuts the meat. He's the guy who like arranges for bulk slabs of meat to be delivered. <laughs> yeah. When when Rocky Balboa <laughs> needs to train, this is the guy who he talks to. <laughs> and actually, he's he's offering a new brand of meat that does punch back. <laughs> we need a new slab of meat, Rocky. <laughs> um, he was also. We're gonna just go into character actor corner for the, a bit. Th- this is so character actory of an episode. It's only <laughs> fitting that we start that way. Uh, Robert Picardo is one of the most prolific character actors on television. Oh, really? Uh, going, you know, Voyager. I think being um, what people first knew him from. But I mean, he goes back even way further than that. Back into the like uh, late seventies. Starring in Alice, which we've talked about a number of times on here. Uh, St. Elsewhere, maybe he's all part oh of the snow globe. <laughs> well, he would have to be. Anyone uh, who touched that show. He had a 14-episode run uh, or fourteen episode run on The Wonder Years. Oh, wow. Um, and he's still working today. I mean, he's just like tons and tons and tons of stuff. So uh, let's talk about the the show. Yeah, that's, <laughs> let's do that. I mean, we, we open with this cold open, as, as that's where yeah. the cold open goes. With uh, this uh, military march, it felt very much like Stripes all it, of a sudden. It did. The boys are playing football indoors. Yeah. I think the music is supposed to be like college football marching bandy type ah. fight song go team music. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, again, if there's an area where I'd be an expert, it would be on what music sounds like <laughs> marching band music. But... Uh, you're playing football. Tim comes in yeah. and at first tells them not to play football and then says, where's your mom? And they say, oh, she's out. And he goes, oh, then go long. Yeah. And he gets the football and he goes to throw it. Oh, my God. And and like in a horror movie, this yes. thing happens. The, the nightmare visage of the grunt creep, uh, the Home Improvement logo has grown arms and it is trying to block Tim's pass, uh, straddling uh, or strafing against the the. the counter bar yeah yeah it's standing up in and there, it's yeah. there like 
it's it's weird how they're utilizing this logo because it's not right when the show starts, so it's not like introducing the show. It just appears for like a shot, and then it's not in the next shot. It doesn't disappear. It's weird. It's like a fever dream. It's like did yeah. I? If you saw this at two a.m. Uh, oh, yeah. on, on Nickelodeon or uh, what was it? TV Land uh, yeah, yeah. is what it's called now. Um, you would wonder if you actually saw what you saw. I I saw it at like six o'clock on a Thursday, and I was like, <laughs> "Did I see that? Did the drugs kick in yeah. that I didn't even take?" And like, it, it's yeah, it, it doesn't really. We've talked before about how it's curious that they feel the need to have the opening title running around yeah. in the like one minute span before you see the opening titles. But here it serves even less of a purpose because you spend like half the cold open not. Like, if you're so dumb that you can't recognize this as home improvement, you're still going to be in the dark for half of it (laughs) until you see this. At this point, it's so distracting now that it has limbs that you don't even really read what's on it. Yeah, yeah. and it's, again, playing off of your thing that it's like it's so far into the cold open that it serves no purpose that I feel like the Grunt Creep really could just appear at any point in the episode. I mean, that's how much of an impact it's making. That's that's true fear. It can can come (laughs) any place, any time. I mean, in, in the movie Aliens, you don't even see the aliens till like halfway through <laughs> that could be by the end of it we like the last the last frame of home improvement is the grunt creep jumping up for, for that one just to remind you what you were watching bill paxton pushes up the ceiling tile and just sees a bunch of grunt creeps in the walls <laughs> ah, coming out of the walls <laughs> Oh, man. They're coming out of the void, really. Yeah, true. Because true. we have all the transition. We have another transition in this uh, episode in which manifests itself in the real world. I, the fact that I can still call this my, like this episode has so many things that would be objectively horrifying to me <laughs> eight months ago. This is how far I, I don't think it's a mark so much of this episode's quality, but of my deteriorating mental state that at this point <laughs> I can look at a show where the grunt creep has arms and where transitions are now more integrated into the scene that they bounce bounce into than they ever have been before. Yes. Okay, we're, we're, you you are slowly transitioning into a transition. <laughs> I'm by the end of the show, I'm just going to be a squat, boxy, like house shaped <laughs> dude, and I'm going to, you know, it'll be like flowers for Algernon. I'm slowly going to be losing my. I was faculties. thinking more of a Stepford Wives uh, sort of deal, where you're just eventually going to be replaced by transition Truman. That's yeah, tr- well, that would be transman, but that's a different. That's a it's different like thing. one of those uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Uh, like the the irony, the the final twist of this episode is that, uh, or by the end of this podcast, you're going to be trapped inside of a TV, uh, <laughs> acting out a transition for the rest of your life. And that's what happened to Pink's wife. That was a real person <laughs> at one point. Okay, even if she is trapped in there, though, she's got her slip and slide, so she's having a yeah, good time. Right, so okay. It's like a, it's like an extended vacation. I didn't say it would be Pink's bad. Wife. It's just. <laughs> Well, I'm trapped in the TV, but then, true twist ending, our microphones are doing a podcast about watching me trapped in the Ooh. TV. Black Mirror title, Screen Cracks. <laughs> um, so. Cold the, open. The point is, this is a weird show we watch. But, um, yeah, they're, they're playing football in the house. They, um, and then in the process of their football game, it comes out that, uh, Brad, in signing up for his elective classes, mm-hmm. rather than sign up for shop, which Tim is very excited for him to take, yeah. has signed up for home ec. Ah, uh, yes. 
because uh, you know uh, it's it's that time of year when a young man's fancy turns to love. Well, he he's a single man on the market now. Actually, he didn't waste any time. He actually, didn't. Jenny Zdarsky dumped him, and then he's like, okay, I, he took home ec because because as he explains, Dad, it's me and thirty girls in that class. Yeah, he's a precocious twelve year old. What do you want? He's a precocious twelve year old who fucks. <laughs> well, <laughs> or well, if not, or if not fucks, uh, at least kisses on the mouth and wants to. We don't know that for a fact. I mean, we never actually saw. Brad and Jenny kiss. I mean, but at that, but I mean, they they were to I I shit you not. Brad and Jenny, I'm pretty sure were together for longer than any relationship twenty nine year old, almost thirty year old Truman has been in. So I would hope that they at least kissed once. Okay, well, maybe that's why they really broke up. She said it was about David Copperfield, but actually, he's just he's got really bad kissing technique. Give me give me some of that lip music. Yeah. Is that what the, that's what the kids call it, right? Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. So yeah, he wants yeah. to be he wants to be in home act yeah. to meet all the girls. Uh and Tim, I wanna bring up a point of question here, I guess, of Tim really laying it on thick with Brad, you know, kind of almost pressuring him in a way of like, you need to take shop. Yeah. Uh which didn't sit too well with me. I mean, it felt like a product of its time. It was a little dated of like mm-hmm. you're you're a man. How are you ever gonna be a man if you don't know how to cut wood. Yeah. I mean, he already went through his malehood passage, according to Tim, last season when he oh, used yeah. the blowtorch. Yeah, he got, he got grease smeared on him, and he became the man boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So, I mean, he's already initiated as a man. Let him let him go do his uh, home-ecky stuff. I, you know, I would agree completely, uh, but it also, even, even having learned that lesson, it would be uncharacteristic of Tim. I mean, to play, to play Tim's advocate here... <laughs> Brad is the son who shows the most yeah. outward interest in crafts right. and mechanic stuff. Randy's not into it. Mark is too dumb to tie his own shoes. But Brad, now that he's gotten his rambunctiousness, well, his his law-breaking rambunctiousness out yeah. of the way, he's the one who is the most after Tim, I mm-hmm. think. So maybe Tim is like, but I thought this was our thing. Yeah. He even, he even does a series of kind of wounded grunts when he hears that he's... Taking home ec. He was like, but, yeah. but home ec with the cutting wood and the measuring and all. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I guess I'm not expecting anything different from Tim. I know I'm, my heart will be broken episode after episode if I expect him to break away from that. Yeah. I'm just saying in terms of like 2018 standards. Oh, you know, maybe don't pressure your kids in one direction or, or another uh, based on your interests. Yeah. Um, guide them, give them advice, but don't say, yeah, you need to take a home ec if you want to be a man. Yeah. I... Or <laughs> shop. <laughs> hey, no, actually, no, do that. Flip the script. Flip the... <laughs> we got to make up for lost time on this. Smash the patriarchy as hard as you can. <laughs> uh, I didn't take either home ec or shop oh. so not only am i useless in the garage i'm also useless in the kitchen i am basically um were it not for frozen food from trader joe's and my crock pot i <laughs> i would starve um and that crock pot really helps you uh hang pictures and uh cut wood <laughs> yeah well no i just i smash it's a very heavy crock pot and so i i bring it down with full force on the two by four and that splits it <laughs> and then i have the two broken two by fours i, like and I don't it. know what to do with that uh, and I guess they're not really two by fours once you've changed, once yeah. you've altered their length. I would have known that had I taken shop. So this takes us into the theme song. Yes, um, and uh, I Brad just briefly oh yeah, looked at me this time. I yeah, was looking yeah. away and I looked yeah. up and just caught just a glimmer of his eye. Yeah, uh, his eye contact, and uh, so he only got a tiny little secret. It, from one me. of the small. That's lucky. Just I, a very fortunate. very small secret. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you what it is. You're, you're going to share it. Okay, it's okay. a recent secret. Okay. That's uh, good. This is what he stole from me. I um, 
I listened to Kid Rock yesterday. Oh, Landon. <laughs> I'm not the person to tell about this, but was it the one about it being summertime in northern Michigan? It wasn't, no. Oh, man. Um, was it by accident? No, it was by choice. Oh, Landon, you're, you could have lied to me, bro. I want to respect... You know, give me give me the script back. You don't get your birthday <laughs> gift anymore. Here's the thing. I, I wanted to see... I was stuck in... LA traffic, which, you know, I was in traffic for like an hour. And, and you wanted to remember <clears throat> Michigan, so. Something came up on the radio. On, well, not the radio. I don't listen to the radio. I, uh, something came up on my music that yeah. reminded me of, like, being in Michigan and, and all that stuff. And I'm like, well, I wonder if Kid Rock's first album, well, <laughs> first big album, would have any nostalgic value to me. Oh, yes. It was just, it was out of pure curiosity. <laughs> oh, you're experiment, experimenting and, uh... <laughs> I put it on, and the first track off of the album is Ba with the Ba. Oh. <laughs> and it a took party in as far as, my name is Kit, and I just immediately was like, this sucks. <laughs> it's, it's like when Michael Bluth finds the bag with Dead Dove Do Not Eat written on it and yes. he opens it anyway and looks inside what do i expect I, what did you expect i don't know uh i let it play through cowboy which is the second track you wow you got the whole way through and you, well because i had to do due diligence i you, wasn't about to just you know judge from the knee did you think that like it would go my name is kid and then it would pick up sometime after that like it would be <laughs> i don't know i thought maybe the like the drums coming in the the as soon as it, like hits it with that bass line and everything that maybe it would trigger you know i listened to like a lot of uh, like i was a big metalhead i loved metallica i loved megadeth all that stuff in high school and i it still has nostalgic value for me i could still rock out to masters of puppets i think that's a masterpiece of a metal album yeah so i'm like oh maybe there's something I I wasn't gonna go as far as listening to Uncle Cracker, but Kid Rock. I'm like maybe maybe there's something here, and I could not get past Cowboy. It was just it, I could not. The story he's telling about his life in Romeo, Michigan. Like you're not packing <laughs> shotguns. In fucking Romeo, Michigan. It's a one-light town. Well, maybe that's why you can pack... Maybe they mean packing shotguns as in because we're going duck hunting and it's a small town. <laughs> that's more like it, yeah. I mean, Not because you and your homies need to protect yourselves. This uh, isn't Compton. Yes, or even or even any number of other cities in Michigan where you do need a lot of yeah, guns right, to protect exactly. yourselves. Yeah, right, exactly. It was just... it. Oh, God, it's bad. Uh, so that's my secret. Uh, I don't wow. feel good about it. Do you think that when he stole the secret, Brad got... Kid Rock stuck in his head. Like, I hope do you so. think that he's rocking out now? I hope so. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, let me let me tell you one thing yep. about Brad. His thoughts are short and his hair is long. <laughs> and you know, sometimes he's trying funny things. Sometimes he's smoking funny things. They're, I, I don't really remember all yeah. the lyrics or the. Or, I don't remember the order in which the various funny things that Kid Rock was trying go yeah. in. But you, you get you get the picture. You know what? I'm going to dig myself just an inch deeper. It's, in order to redeem myself entirely. You're going to hit the septic line sooner or later. I know, I know. So be careful. I saw Kid Rock in concert. <laughs> How do I keep finding these things out about you? Three times. <laughs> <laughs> three Kid Rock concerts, I think, <laughs> equals three quarters of one gathering of the Juggalos. So you need to be careful. <laughs> but here's the thing. I, in, in seeing Kid Rock... I was able to see one of the very last performances of Run DMC oh, before. Yes. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I can say that I saw one of Run DMC's last performances, and I wouldn't have been able to do that if Kid Rock never decided to exist. Yeah, it was this. It was the poison. He pill willed he himself into existence. <laughs> Him in that effing hat. 
Um, let's meet Joe Morton, shall yes, we? Let's. After the credits, uh, Tim is goes into the garage. He does something I've not seen him do often, where he pushes the button to open the garage door, uh, which is behind the camera, mm-hmm. and we see the light flood in. He starts working on the hot rod, which now has has grown a lot. I mean, there's yeah. a, there's a, a front grill on there. There's it's got like a facade, a, the fenders, and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it looks like a hot rod. Yeah, now. It's, it's, uh, I think it's called a body. Uh, body. That might be it. That <laughs> might be it. As I was saying, I didn't take a uh, shop. Um, you know, if if ever if ever there's anything about like British literature in this show, well, yeah, David Copperfield. <laughs> that, be, that that's where I yeah. read two thirds of David Copperfield. That's why I was able to do it. I'm gesturing to. Yo, you put David Copperfield on the thing. I That's put David good. Copperfield in our uh, full-time corner. Right next to Iron John and Star by Pamela Anderson. Great. <laughs> uh, it's the worst library of, of all time. Um, anyway, the the garage door opens. Mm-hmm. Tim is working on the thing. And a strange man just runs what? into the garage. <laughs> and Tim is not that alarmed by it, which is weird. Yeah, to, to me, like... A, certainly, if ever there was going to be a stand-your-ground type dude who would shoot an intruder in his house... <laughs> it would be would... Mike Baxter from Last Man Standing. True, but this is his original form. There you go. And also, okay. also, I feel like, you know, in the 90s, uh, outside Detroit... I mean, things were things were sketchy and dicey in the 90s. Yeah, uh, but I wouldn't they, want a guy they live in a suburbish area. Okay, here's what I'll say. I would... If it were me in that situation, and I had a gun on me, I would shoot the guy who ran in, even if I could tell it was just an overeager neighbor who was overstepping his bounds, and just because I knew... Cause well, yeah, though, that's how you get your Jeffrey Dahmers, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he already has one psychopath inside the house. He yes. doesn't need another one. I exa- Yeah, you you can't have, like, two, two super... Uh, two serial killers is a crowd. That's <laughs> more than you... And then they decrease the number of the crowd around yes. you. This guy runs in... This and, guy... Joe Morton. Joe Morton runs in, says like, "Ah, two man, ah, I watch your show all the time. I'm such a big fan." <laughs> and it takes a second before he introduces himself as, ah, "I'm your new neighbor. I yeah. moved in." And Tim's like, "Oh, and who are you?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but and he says, uh, "I moved in across the alleyway," oh, which goes a long way to explain why the garage is on the back of the house. Oh, the garage faces onto an alley. It doesn't face the front. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I had never thought of that possibility to explain the weird layout of this thing. Probably they hadn't either until this episode. <laughs> um, I'm going to go back to that house that I found in Hamtramck to see if uh, there's an alleyway behind it. Whoever lives in that house probably does not appreciate you Google Street View stalking <laughs> them this much. So, uh, yeah, a guy runs in, is asking Tim all these questions, looking at the looking at the hot rod, and just being really overbearing and abrasive. He's asking Tim... A lot of questions. He's asking Tim a lot of very relevant questions to me about like how much do you make? Is that pretty good money having your own TV show? <laughs> and I'm very much like, yeah, seriously, Tim, what are you making? Is it like 75k to 125? <laughs> like, what's it like? Is there like I want to know all these details yeah. about just how much disposable income the tailors have. But he's asking all these like way <clears throat> over the line questions. He says something like, you're, you're not making Bob Vila money though. He's on real TV. <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines. To which, to which, did you get Tim's response? Uh, no, what? Uh, a lot of people say Bob Vila's overpaid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, he's so Tim is clearly frustrated by this guy, but just kind yeah, of putting up with it. He's like banging on the hot rod. You know, he knocks the grill off and it dings the bottom of it. And it's yeah. only, you know, it's a replica, but uh, it's still like Tim says. Well, I was waiting to get it on the road before I uh, put a ding in it. Yeah. Um, and he's you know he's the type of obnoxious guy that kind of 
you know, he he smacks you on the stomach as soon as he makes a joke and laughs at his own joke like I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, but you but you don't smack people on the stomach. I smack though. myself on the stomach when I... Yeah, yeah, inflict self-harm. Don't do it on other people. Or don't inflict any harm, really, but... Yeah, but he's he's one of these types that just is, always has a, a really lame joke and is always just... Kind of like cr- me. ...crying into... Oh my god, is Joe Morton the combination of the two of us? I think... <laughs> Neither of us are going bald yet. Yeah, true, true. But Joe Morton is a guy who has a very detail-oriented, vested interest in Tim and has watched every episode <laughs> of his show. Wow. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, man. Oh, no No wonder I, we like this episode so much. It's about us. <laughs> and a very realistic depiction of what it would be like if we moved in across from Tim Allen. Okay, please, let's let's go on. Let's actually get into this. <laughs> uh, so he's extremely obnoxious, and Tim is trying to... He's extremely agnostic. <laughs> He believes in something. He passionately <laughs> believes in something, but he refuses to acknowledge what that is. Just he has, he's a very spiritual, annoying man. Uh, um, what he believes in is meat. Yeah, true. Uh, and he hands Tim uh, a pen that has a little cow on the end of it. For yeah, Morton meats, whatever. Yeah. yeah, meat supply. You're the tool man. I'm the meat man. Yeah. Get it? Smack on the stomach. <laughs> uh, that was my Joe Morton impression. It was, it was good. I mean, it was sufficiently abrasive. <laughs> Uh, watch what happens when he turns it over. So he t- turns the the pen upside down and goes, um, which reminded me of the pens uh, I saw as a kid, where you turn it upside down and a woman becomes naked. Let me say something, Landon, uh, and I know that we're going on a lot of tangents today, but I I ne- I have never in my life seen one of those pens really and i heard like i knew they existed like they talked about them on, there was a bunch of jokes about them on the simpsons uh-huh. and other things later in my life extras there was a bit about it extras i think the the whole joke with stephen merchant and the, and the pen on that a is the best part of the series <laughs> b is the first time i actually saw how it worked uh. but like all my life as a kid i knew that there were these magic pens that had women on them that would get naked but i was like i want to see one i'm so into naked <laughs> women right now i'm 11 i'm crazy for naked women but I never saw any of these pens, so I don't know where you, wow. you were finding them. Well, it, it did help that pen? my uncle is an antiques dealer or nice. works in antiques. Uh, Sexy antiques. German, I've got some really exciting news about playing cards for you. Oh, <laughs> oh no. I've seen the naked lady playing cards. Uh, th- those ones I've seen. But, like, it's that you don't get the, you don't get the like, full multimedia experience of, like... Of the interactive, yeah, yeah, yeah. engage like, with your, yeah, your go, nudity. It goes from clothed to unclothed, yeah. half-clothed, if you like stop halfway. <laughs> this is a weird podcast. Sam is probably going to yell at us for this as well. Uh, anyway. She has no corrections or omissions for us this week. That's good. Anyhow, so Joe is annoying, and Tim wants him out of his life and out yes. of the garage so that he can work in peace. And he does uh, this thing. Well, I mean, so he does what I think a lot of guys do. Maybe... Younger guys, maybe people who haven't learned to engage uh, and communicate with the world. Yeah. But um, he opts to make up an excuse, a, a not even an excuse, just fabricate a lie. He, yeah. He lies, yeah, essentially. Th- th- yeah, that's basically it. And says that, uh, oh, you know what? I got to do something inside. And Joe's like, oh, yeah, what? And, like, he's going to follow him inside. And it's like, uh, get a hint, Joe. Um, I mean, this is the beginning of, of the conflict I have that culminates in the dinner scene where mm. – I'm not necessarily on Tim's side, but also I don't want to spend time with Joe. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of get it, but um, Tim's like, oh, well, I got to go attend to Jill. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sometimes gets uh, – doesn't get out of bed for days. She's, and, she's got this condition. Yeah. I got to pour coffee down her throat yeah. to, uh, you know, get her out of bed. 
Which Joe Joe goes like, oh yeah, I get it. He mimes like drinking. A yeah, lot. yeah. So essentially, lies and says that Joe uh, Jill is a uh, depressive alcoholic. Yeah. Um, and now I will say, yeah, Tim, not cool. But also, Tim has been Tim has tried really hard to be accommodating and to get out of this in a good way. And Joe has just got his dick out and is pissing all over the social contract. He is not taking a single hint. Yeah, picking up any clues. So, I mean, I feel like Tim is justified. Like, like desperate times call for desperate measures. I mean... Yes, but he skipped over a very simple explanation that, you know, I get in the world of the sitcom, we wouldn't have an episode. But he could have, between dropping subtle hints and between lying, he could have said, you know what, I gotta take care of this, I'll see you soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then usher him, you know, toward the garage door. Yeah. He doesn't do that. No, he does not do that. He does not do that. But that's also, again, that's also just not Tim. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, guess so. Tim, if he's not sticking his foot in it, what's he doing? <laughs> but if we, if we are to learn from Tim's mistakes, that is a step one can take before you lie. Act, okay, fair point. Do not feel afraid to say, tell someone that you, uh, you have boundaries and you need to move on to a different project and you'll see them later. Wow. That's very mature. Well, Landon, then now is the time to say I'm not really feeling this podcast oh, thing no. anymore. Uh, okay, lie to me. Nah. Uh, uh, so from that, so from that, we go to tool time. Yes. He uh, Joe makes a bunch of jokes about being a fly on the wall, so we get this huge fly transition where it starts really small, but then flies up into the camera, and it's just too much. <laughs> we go to we go to tool time where uh, Tim and Al are talking about how to make a fence. Yeah. First, we get. Heidi. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, she's really fun. Yeah. I mean, she's not doing much she's except do- opening the show, but I feel like they're even giving her more to do uh, by at least having her open each show. True, yeah. I she's mean, been in all three or four episodes this season so far. Yeah, they're definitely committed to, like, getting the audience to know her. I think the... I, I mean, I don't know that... I think the thing that's the most fun about it is just that she clearly likes what she's doing, yeah. and unlike Pamela Anderson, who's just kind of looking at her watch. So, <laughs> well, I, I get the sense that like Pamela Anderson seems like she may have approached it as if it was an acting job, mm-hmm. and I think the difference is that Debbie Dunning is approaching it as if she's a pro- promo girl. Yeah, like she's doing it just to say that one line, and she's doing that one line as best she can. Yeah, uh, to really get the. It's almost yeah. I don't know. So. There, there's a, there's more enthusiasm to Debbie Dunning's performance, I think, because she expects less out of it. Yeah, she has, she has her expectations set low. Pamela Anderson <laughs> was expecting an acting job, what she got was a modeling job, yeah. basically. Right. But so Debbie introduces them. They come mm-hmm. out to talk about fences. Uh, it, Al is introduced as Al. Uh, I wonder what's behind that beard, Borland. <laughs> a chin. Dude. Uh, yeah, a face. Obviously. Yeah. A person, Tim. <laughs> An a person entire person's on his face? Yeah, I oh, know. Weird. It's uh, it's a weird, like, body horror thing. It's uh, <laughs> yet, yet another yet another relic from, from uh, Al's long and sordid past. Uh, Comes straight from society. That's, a, that's an obscure horror reference for you guys. Um, society is the real monster. That's, that's the real thing. Uh... Tim is wearing leather suspenders, which I found to be kinky, unnecessarily masculine. Also that. <laughs> and it's, I guess, fence week on yeah. uh, tool time. Yes. And, and A, I'm surprised that they got through a whole segment with building a fence. And, and also, Tim is talking about how important fences are to keep out dogs and cats and vermin and neighbors. And I'm thinking like, okay, fence, neighbor, Wilson? Yeah, it seems like they burned a good opportunity to have uh, Wilson on home uh, on tool time at some point in the future. Yeah, I <clears throat> I don't know. I, I 
I mean, maybe they'll build another fence and play that card later. I mean, yeah, as maybe. it is, they do a lot of... This was a brilliant tool time segment. Yeah. Uh, first, to show how to build a fence, I guess they need dowels for some reason. <laughs> so, Tim... <laughs> Tim says, I'm going to need my dueling dowel, and he picks it up, and he starts yep. swinging it around like it's a fencing sword. Yep. Starts repeatedly poking Al with it, and then, you know, Al is just sitting there taking it. He's pissed uh-huh, off. Tim. Finally, he just, with great dexterity, just snatches it from him and holds it up. And <laughs> I, the audience, like, this is just played as a minor thing, but, yeah. but people in the audience genuinely just go, ooh! <laughs> like, there's this... this <laughs> I think this, I even did that. Uh, there's this note of real awe. I mean, yeah. I, it was you too, but also people, both... Both in the past and in the present, people were shocked by by this. But Al just snatches it with such grace yes. that the audience is, is taken aback. They can't even laugh for a moment. Yeah. And then, of course, Tim uh, reaches over to the side and grabs another one. Yes. Uh, and then they start dueling with swords. And, of course, of course, Al is an expert fencer. Yes. And let's point out that it's funny that they're fencing when talking about building a fence. <laughs> I was wondering if that was intentional because they don't draw that that correlation, but... Uh, it has to be. That's a little, that's a little one for the for the real brainiacs watching the show. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you draw that comparison, uh, but yeah, t- yeah, they they do a fair amount of of dowel fencing. Yeah. They like change places. They like rotate around and change places and are smacking at each other. Yeah. And finally, Al's pretty good at it, but he's he's no Tyrone Pyro- Power. Yeah, he, he's he's no that guy on season one of Game of Thrones. <laughs> I was going with a Zorro reference. Oh, yes. way back in the day. Oh wow, yeah, I know. But I'm sure I'm sure all of our senior citizen listeners will will. <laughs> That's who I played to. That's my audience, man. Sit bolt up right in the retirement home and go. <laughs> ah, this show is wonderful. Um, I don't know what kind of impression that was. That one just died halfway out. Um, that show was what? Yes, much like our our fans. You dark dark jokes. Yes. Tim knocks Al's, or no, Al knocks Tim's dowel away from him yep. and holds his to his to his chin, yep. and people go crazy cheering so much, like Spartacus. <laughs> and uh, and and Al just says, "Fencing ch- fencing champion Gilmore High, 1976." Hmm. We learn a lot about Al in this uh, and his 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 past uh, activities. This is in this episode. I like when I heard that, I was like, "Wow, this is a really meaty Al nugget." But then that's <laughs> nothing compared to what's down the road. Yes. Uh, just to to tempt our listeners to yeah. tune in 15 minutes from now, <laughs> hit the hit the 30 second advance button about 30 times, and uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, so then then but yeah, and you think, oh man, that was some pretty good hijinks. Yeah. I bet that's it. No, no, no. There's more. Uh, but wait, there's more. <laughs> um, Billy Mays here for tool time. <laughs> Billy Mays is just a knockoff Al, if we're I, being honest. I've always thought that. I am <laughs> glad that we can agree. Uh, so Al takes this opportunity to get back into the project like a good craftsman would. Yes. Uh, and says that uh, they need a jig in order to do it. And, of course, Tim uh, does his little Irish dance. <laughs> yeah, he does. He, he um, insulted the Scottish. He's insulting the Irish. Yes. English are up next. Going to hit the Welsh oh, eventually. He, he has taken a vengeance against uh, the Japanese. Oh, true, true. Um Anyhow, he hands uh, Al the jig and lets uh, uh, Al do his or the plume. What's it called? The oh fuck the, if I know. It's man. like a, a tea it's ruler, like a, yeah, thing. A protractor. I don't know, dude. Call it, it, call it all I know is it'd be great to kill vampires with. I certainly. <laughs> so Speaking Al is Al is uh, doing um, some stuff with the fencing while Tim 
uh, introduces an alternate way to keep uh, pests and neighbors out and uh, your pets in, which is to give them an electric collar. Yes. And he has set up a, an electric fence uh, on the set. One of the invisible ones. That, yeah. Yeah, and says that uh, the only trick with this is you got to get your neighbors to wear the collar <laughs> in order for it to work. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, subtitles come up <laughs> on the screen saying... Um, Walk us through this, because I I, I was kind of taking notes at this point. So a subtitle comes up at the bottom of this. You know, he he demonstrates how if you hold the collar over the thing, it makes this buzzing, zapping noise. And he he says, you got to get your neighbor to wear it. Al, won't you be my neighbor? I don't think so, Tim. And Tim goes, "Ah, all right, well, we've had some fun. All right, let's get back to work on the fence. Hey, Al, would you go over there and grab me some nails or something like that? (laughs) And we get the subtitle that says, what Al doesn't know is that Tim has hidden a dog collar in his tool belt. Yes. So Al walks over. He walks across the threshold of the electric (laughs) fence. Nothing happens. He gets the nails and goes back. And then and then we see another subtitle that says, what Tim doesn't know is that Al found the dog collar and hid it in Tim's tool belt instead. And then he says, hey, Tim, will you go over there and grab that other thing? And, and everyone is laughing. And Tim kind of suspiciously walks over. And then he crosses the line and gets buzzed. <laughs> and, and I was laughing so loud, I'm afraid I pissed off your neighbors. That... <laughs> Good. What I I think here's what I think made this tool time segment extremely funny, probably yeah. one of the funniest. Um, it, th- this for the first time, it seems like an equal give and take between yeah. Tim and Al. In the past, whenever Al makes a joke at Tim's expense, Tim follows up by threatening to fire him or getting angry at him. <laughs> right. Yeah. In, in this episode, for ex- I, I made note of this earlier. Like, um, you know, Tim is saying the great thing about building a fence is you don't have to be a master carpenter. And Al goes, oh, good news for you, Tim. And <laughs> Tim just kind of, like, makes a face like, oh! And, and then Al just keeps talking. It doesn't instead... And it's almost as though the writers and producers were like, hey, we don't... Tim doesn't have to get a jab back every time. It's yeah, okay right. for Al to win. Like, it doesn't diminish Tim if Al wins in these Right, wars. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Al can retaliate every once in a while. Or (laughs) re-alliate. No, we're calling it that. (laughs) G.I. Joe, re-alliation. G.I. Jill, re-alliation. Then we get... Oh, actually, I do want to mention, I I got a closer look at the Tool Time calendar in this episode. Uh, I don't believe it's Debbie Dunning. Do you have opera glasses that you're using when you watch the show? (laughs) We're watching on the same screen. Um... I don't think it's Debbie Dunning on this calendar, uh, and I would assume that maybe they had to make the calendar in pre-production before they cast whoever was going to fill the role of Heidi. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, still no verification on that. I'm working really, really hard to get uh, answers for you guys, but uh, that's the update I have on, on the Tool Time calendar for this week. That's that's <laughs> Land- Landon's, uh, Landon's photo scrutiny corner. <laughs> we don't need to make that a corner. Uh, uh, that's the corner that you sit in and say, enhance frame 236. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our tool time segment. Yeah. Nothing really to do with the rest of the show. Right. I don't care. Yeah, it was agreed. delicious, refreshing. We get a, uh, a transition that is taken directly from the theme song, which yeah. is the garage door opening up. Yeah. Uh, and we are actually in the garage with Marie and Jill. Yeah. Marie being uh, the wife of Joe, um, and she is meeting chill for the first time yeah and i she's come over to pick something up i will admit mm-hmm. in this scene i was taking copious notes about how funny the last scene was so i missed the first bits of it but they're i mean basically i mean she's in there talk about something they're just they're just hitting it off really i mean that's the 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 biggest thing that i recall jill was talking about how you know oh yeah i used to be really meek but then i moved to texas you're not allowed to be <laughs> meek there it's a state law yeah i thought that was a great line yeah um and uh let's go into a secondary 
character actor corner. Yes, absolutely. For this wonderful character actor. Yes, Mary Angela Pino. Oh, I hope I'm pronouncing fine that correctly. Pino Noir. <laughs> uh, she is also. Do you know the word I'm going to use? Uh, prolific. There it is. Pino prolific. <laughs> Um, she has been in stuff all the way since the, the late 80s from, uh, what do I want to start with? Who's the Boss oh. to L.A. Law. She was in Richie Rich, which <sighs> I really remember her from. Um, and then Home Improvement, Step by Step. Uh, she's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, she hasn't really done anything since, uh, 1999. And I... Is she dead? I just... <laughs> At that moment where I'm like, oh, fuck, I didn't look that up. Oh, maybe uh, she's have been not, recording this live. She's <laughs> not dead, thank God. Oh, good, good. Uh, or at least IMDb doesn't say she is. Um, well, then she's then. I mean, that's the last word on it. The <laughs> uh, last uh, credit she has was in Touched by an Angel. Oh. So if she is dead, hopefully... Hopefully that She's, was she has been touched, yeah, by an angel <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> uh, no, she is she is great. She's she brings a lot of sass and yeah. character to this role. Like in the same way that you immediately hate Joe and know that you're supposed to hate him immediately because of the way he's acting. Yeah. I mean, it's a very good performance. Oh yeah, as, yeah. as Joe. I mean, like both of them are, are dynamite, but. Whereas Joe is immediately abrasive, she is immediately like, oh, okay, she's spunky, she's plucky, she's fun, yeah. she doesn't take any shit, right. I want to have her around. Yeah, exactly. She seems like someone you'd want on your side in a fight. Yeah. They, not not in a physical fight, necessarily. But well, maybe. I mean, maybe. I think she's got, like, I don't know, I could see her, like, low center of gravity. She could be scrappy and, like, <laughs> you know. Clock someone over the head with her purse. I, I th- that I, seems like the trope that she would fall into in the 90s. What, Jill, I think the real reason that Jill is befriending her is because she wants to go back to that karate studio. It's like, <laughs> hey, what's up? I've got, uh, I've done, I've gone and pulled a My Bodyguard and got uh, Adam Baldwin to come kick your ass. We we have evidence that Jill, Jill can take care of herself. Yes. But, yes, she needs a, you know, every every good wrestler needs a posse. You need, you need showmen, or hype men. Uh, yeah, you, you certainly, certainly do. There you go. I mean, so when they're talking, something that I noticed, uh, what's his wife's name again? Uh, the, oh, on the show, Marie. Yeah, Marie. Well, something that Marie uh, mentions a couple times is how, you know, her, her therapist or psychologist says this, her psychologist uh, says I that. I have a note about this, too. I'm just, I mean, in the 90s, to just kind of openly admit, yeah, I'm seeing a therapist, mm-hmm. whatever, is, that's kind of like, that's a, I don't know, I don't feel like it was as socially acceptable back then to yeah, just right. openly and, about it. The the fact that it's not a plot point, it's just kind of an offhanded thing. Yeah. My question was, this is my note, is that I'm wondering between um, last episode where Jill kind of assumed that role with Tim and then the mention of it here, I'm wondering if this is the writers kind of prepping us for that direction that Jill's going to head. I really think that this season in a lot of ways, I think that when the new like kind of leadership took over at the show... I think they sat down and said, okay, well, what are some things we want to start seeding? Mm-hmm. The concept of Tim, like, being famous for always getting hurt, uh, tr- you know, more active grunt creep, transitions that take a bigger role in the show and how yeah. it works, and and this idea of Jill uh, trending towards yeah. psychology, like, planting the first seeds of that. Well, if you let me go, if, just get a little dalliance into yeah. this weird theory, go. but um, it's not a fan theory or anything, but... If you look at the the job that Jill has now at the magazine, like mm. in terms of narrative, how 
far can you really take that without going into like Mary Tyler Moore? I mean, it would become such a thing, you know, yeah, with a new home set. Im- yeah, home improvement would also then become this like newspaper thing, and like it just has a completely different vibe. <laughs> the the hard hitting, ripped from the headlines newspaper show, <laughs> Home Improvement. So, and the fact that you know Wilson's already there with his philosophies and you know um, uh, offering the advice that kind of seed for that direction is already there i can easily see them kind of looking at that and going well what is jill's trajectory going to be over the course of the rest of the series basically what you were saying of like looking forward and 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 doing all that um that i can while we don't have evidence of that i could see a course of action of them looking ahead at that point and and making that decision now rather than just on the fly in between seasons. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, again, I think it's a season three kind of thing. Just mm-hmm. like the show has built up enough momentum at this point that they can actually, they're not immediately worried about getting renewed and instead like, okay, let's look, let's assume that we're going to be on for a few seasons. Yeah. What are we going to do to make our lives easier in season four, five, six? Right, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, she is, she's talking to Marie. Yes. Uh, get another name for me to forget. It's like, it's like a really simple slot machine with only one uh, row. So they're chatting, they're eating some cake, uh, and then Tim comes in yes. and says hi to Marie, and, you know, well, Jill introduces her to Marie without mentioning the crucial fact of who she really is. Right. And then Tim starts talking a whole bunch of shit about Joe and how awful he is. Yeah. Before... Uh, calls him obnoxious. Yes. And until... Uh, and, and but then Marie runs with it and goes like, "Oh, did he give you a pen? Oh, yeah, yeah, he gave me a cow, yeah, cow pen. Oh, yep, yeah, that sounds like my husband." <laughs> <laughs> and then Tim breaks character and goes, "Oh, did I say obnoxious? I meant gregarious." Since That's when, not a Tim Taylor word. Since when does he? That, unless he was talking to Wilson, like he did come in from outside. Maybe Wilson. If he, if he was talking to Wilson, he would come in and say, "Oh, Greg." Yeah. I, did I say obnoxious? I meant Greg. My friend Greg Arias. Um, I no, I don't know. Maybe he was. Maybe he has other conversations with with Wilson, where it's like, "Hey, Wilson, tell me some big words." <laughs> and yeah, and that you know, maybe he was just coming back from one of those study sessions. <laughs> I like that. Um, one other thing that uh, is worth mentioning, I think, is mm-hmm. that uh, Jill has asked Marie to help her with the library fundraiser. Oh yes, the the same thing that in season one Jill was making the speech for. Yeah, and the thing that she said in that episode, like I'm gonna have to do it again next year. We never saw it happen last year, so true. Uh, yeah, it's good that Jill, even having a job and having the three kids, can still make time for library oriented philanthropy. Yeah, man, badass woman. Yeah, uh, sisters doing it <laughs> for themselves and for the community and for literature lovers. <laughs> Maybe that's well. I mean, hey, maybe uh, maybe that's why the library has such a beautiful old copy of David Copperfield. Hey, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Marie goes home, uh, taking the cake with her, and mm-hmm. Randy comes charging in with Brad wanting to pound him. When when uh, she leaves with the cake, yeah, I said that lady takes the cake. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Brad and Randy come in, and they're chasing each other around, and they're upset. Uh, well, Brad's upset. Brad's upset. Uh, and. So we find out here, and I think this is kind of a funny little twist. Yeah, this um, is great. Randy says that Brad is upset because uh, his plan got out to all of the seventh grade, uh, and what ended up happening, his plan to be in home ec with all the girls, uh, all of the boys ended up taking home ec, and then they split them up into different classes, the girls in one class, the boys in another class. Now, I think 
now I got I got a I got a problem with this. Okay, school district. Yeah. Yo, let's 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 sit down here. Yes. That's not doing anybody any favors if you sex segregate your yeah. home ec uh, classes. Like, get a mix in there. Yeah. Boys agreed. and gr- like, let's have some intermingling of the ge- people learn things from each other. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Right. Like, uh, so I'm sorry. Smash the patriarchy. I guess. <laughs> uh, second thing, I really I, I think that bit. I think they finally cracked the code of how to do a really good, like, B-plot, C-plot, mm-hmm. whatever on here. Like, we don't see the boys at school. Like, this this whole storyline, this whole little thing, only lives in anecdotes we hear from the boys when yeah. they're chasing each other around the room. And the fact that... I mean, it's just such a funny twist that I didn't see coming. Like, oh, of course, Aliyah, he, now he's... Now he has to take this dumb class he doesn't want to take and be around <laughs> boys the whole time. Yeah. So I, I like that, and I hope that they carry on with Brad being domestically oriented against his will. <laughs> uh, time will tell. Yes. Um, and so once they leave, and they, you know, Brad chases Randy back out of the room the way that they chased him in, and they, they, scene... they seldom enter a room without one chasing. I the know. Other. Um, the uh, the scene kind of migrates back and forth between the garage and the kitchen as uh jill and um tim talk jill i guess the only other beat in the scene is that jill tells uh tim that they made a uh double date with joe and marie and tim's like no curse the heavens yeah jill had walked marie to the door while tim is talking to the boys and she's like yeah okay well i i smoothed it over with her i got so we're gonna go out to dinner with them yeah um and yeah tim definitely doesn't want to do it but jill puts her foot down yeah so so they go to the restaurant. Yes, they, they do. But and by go to when when I say the restaurant, I mean the only restaurant. <laughs> it is definitely um, uh, Adventures in Fine Dining. No, that's not why. Well, well, no, no, it's not Adventures in Fine Dining. The one is uh, uh, Overactive Glance, and then yes, also the offsides. Bombay Inn and Offsides. Yeah. Offsides is what I was thinking of. I mean, wouldn't it be weird if you lived in a town where all of the restaurants had the same floor plan, but just different wallpaper and set decoration? <laughs> this is weird. I'm going to throw this out at you. Is it like a pop-up space where there's a different restaurant every week? So, Offsides, season one. Yes. Episode three. Yeah. Oh, no. Overactive Glance. Stop it. Season two, episode two or th- three or four, I think. Yeah. This being our fourth episode, season three. Maybe they had the set built on another soundstage where they could only get to it, like, at the same time every yeah, year. Yeah, that's interesting. Or it was cursed in some way. <laughs> you may yeah. only record on this expensive stage once a year. <laughs> but it has been redressed as a different restaurant every time. This this time it's been redressed as the sort of restaurant that would serve you uh, a Texas wedge salad as a side dish and would probably have Rocky Mountain oysters on the appetizer menu. <laughs> it is, uh, as soon as you walk in at the host stand, there is a gigantic uh, bull head uh, standing right behind you, mounted which, on the wall. And and Tim and uh, Tim and Jill are having kind of a close-up conversation, which then includes a pause for them to look at this bull and then look back at each other. <laughs> Not unlike Tim and Al on yeah. Cool Time looking <laughs> right, at the camera right. looking back at each other. Um, but, uh, Joe and Marie are already there, so they join them at the table. And, and, you know, Joe jumps up, hugs Jill, and then goes to hug Tim and says, I'm a hugger, and Tim just, like, steps back and puts out a hand and says, I'm a shaker. (laughs) That, honestly, it was a great way to handle that. I, it was a, and hand... Oh, indeed, not good. Uh, no, that was that was a good way to handle it. A, yeah. a problem with living in California, one that I struggle with, like, by my nature, I am not a hugger. Yeah. But since moving to Cal, when I moved to California, oh, shit, lots of people here are huggers. So then I started to overcompensate and 
like started hugging probably more than I should because I'm like I just want to fit in <laughs> and now I'm because I don't want to be off put listen guys there's a whole Frasier episode about how Frasier doesn't want to hug people and everyone else wants to hug him and then Frasier feels bad about himself like he's isolating himself from society <laughs> and I went through more or less that same thing okay um so I feel Tim's pain and I wish that I had Tim's strength I am also uh in the same camp as you mm-hmm. um for a slightly different reason I have a, a sensory thing i i absorb too much sensory input and it Mm. makes me uncomfortable so being touched too often and unexpectedly really just is not great for me yeah and so i also was not big on hugging uh i would say not before california it was uh before college college Mm. was when everyone started hugging and i'm like this is weird that's when i really started experimenting with hugging was in college (laughs) too me and my friends when we get together in somebody's dorm we'd put on dark side of the moon and we just hug for hours and hours (laughs) Oh, God, we skip class to hug, drive out to the beach, Man. and just hug until dawn. <laughs> Brad didn't even need to be here to extract that secret from you. <laughs> I'm I'm proud of the hugging that I did in college. Once we occupied the student union and hugged to protest the Iraq War. <laughs> oh, my God. So Tim's a shaker, not a hugger. Yes. Uh, they sit down to eat, and it's just, as soon as they're sitting down and talking... Uh, I'm I'm looking at this and like, how is any how how does how is Joe married? Like, because it seems like <laughs> it seems like his wife doesn't even like him. Like she she keeps saying like, yeah, you know, sit, you know, honey, sit down. They don't want to hug. Like he's they're looking at the menu. You know, he's saying like, everything's on me. Order anything. Just order off. The, order any of the meats. And Tim's like, I'll have chicken. He's like, no, you gotta have the steak. Oh, the steak here, it's so good. It's so rare. You gotta have dinner rolls to mop up the blood. It really feels like one of those, like, uh, almost classic relationships where the, like, if if you're talking, like, Greece era, like the, the 50s, you know, and you have the two <laughs> nerds in the, the movie that don't, yeah. that just kind of end up with each other at the end of it. This is what they look like. In 1993, this is the this is the uh, this is part of the GCU, the Greece Cinematic Universe. <laughs> it's it's Greece, Greece Two, and this one episode of Home Improvement. <laughs> Pretty much. Also, when you said the Greece era for a whole second, I was like, oh yeah, so like togas and democracy <laughs> and Athens. And stuff. No, that's oh. the Wilson era. <laughs> oh, of course, yes. No, the no the the Wilson era is when they signed that thing in Congress, making Mother's Day a holiday. God Almighty, this timeline is. Too much for me. Oh God, it's it's tool timeline. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they, yeah, they they definitely he has no chemistry really with his wife or with the people he's there at dinner with. Right, he's insisting that Joe, both, Joe, yes, Joe is insisting that that everybody order the or order the steak. Yeah, like the is 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 it is a rare bloody steak really? At, well, you're vegetarian. You're the wrong person to ask about. Well, I this. ate meat in my life. Were you a steak guy? I'm not I really, was. Yeah. 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 I ate a bag of beef jerky right before we watched the episode, <laughs> and I was like, "This is good," but mm-hmm. like a blood, a rare, bloody, chewy steak—that's not my deal. Before, I but I mean, obviously, growing up, I was you know at the behest of my parents and how they just prepared things. But um, as I grew into uh, being able to appreciate food, I always just took uh, whenever I ordered it, I would say, "However, the chef wants to prepare it," uh, and would take it that way. I mean, obviously, not at like a sizzler. Because uh, I don't think that the chef is putting much thought into their steaks there, but sure. um, you know, if I was at a nice restaurant, I'd be like, "Well, whatever you think the best way to prepare this for this cut would be, give that to me." And and they would know what to do with that. I, mean, I guess you so. Yeah, get it medium. Res- that's how yeah, it would show but up. my mom on the flip side is like, she can't. She will not. She will send back 
food if it has the slightest amount of pink in it. Oh, Not so, even blood, just like if it's pink at all. So so she's just basically eating the they they're serving her the worst cuts of meat because they're just, you know, grilling them just all the charred. way through. Yeah, exactly. It's just basically a charcoal briquette on yeah. a plate. <laughs> she would love that. And. Just add a slice of craft American cheese on top and she's in heaven. Yeah, nice smoky flavor, I suppose. <laughs> I'd sub out some Tillamook, but that's just me. Um so anyway, Joe's terrible He's, like, already being obnoxious in just, like, forcing his dinner guests to, to you know, say, no, you have to eat this, you have to eat this. And then he says something about how, well, Jill, you gotta have steak. That'll be, that, that'll be good for your ailment that Tim was talking about. Right. And, and Jill's like, what ailment, Tim? <laughs> and, you know, Tim is trying to downplay it, but he's saying, he's saying, like, yeah, Tim's just talking about how you're never able to get out of bed and you're just lying around all the time. And... And cue the waiter coming over with a bottle of wine yeah. uh, for everybody for and, the table. And Tim, Tim's like, oh, thank God the drinks are here. He's trying to downplay yeah, it. Just distract everybody. And so it's Pinot Noir for three, and then he ordered a Shirley Temple for Jill. Because of your... <laughs> oh, I guess the listeners can't see me do that. It, they can't hear the air whistling past your fingers as you make the bottle sign. Bottle to your mouth sign, yeah. Because that's what you do when you're out with your with your neighbor's wife who you have heard in confidence has an alcohol problem is is do a crude gesture to reference the fact that she can't drink <laughs> um so this makes jill even angrier at tim yeah and this is the scene where i i was so conflicted with uh <laughs> you know tim kind of got himself in this situation like he shouldn't have said this stuff about jill in the mm-hmm. first place but joe is equally like i w- i don't want to spend time with him why would Telling anyone anything in confidence, and then having them just go, "I'm in on the, I'm in on the secret now. It's all good. I know." Mm. Uh, like, fuck you, man. Yeah, I don't 100 percent think so, Landon. I oh, think that. Okay. Well, I mean, I think that Tim, Tim just says, "Oh yeah, Jill's got, uh, Jill's not doing well. I have to go help her out." And then basically, Joe jumps to a bunch of conclusions about what's wrong with her, and Tim, in an effort to extricate himself, goes with it. Yeah, and then. And then, okay, Tim's greatest fault here, I think, is not just telling Jill ahead of time, like, hey, I had to say that you were sick or something like that. But then then Joe, just up and talking about all this shit yeah. at dinner, that is such an egregious violation of decorum and good sense. That's like sociopath stuff. Egregious or gregarious? Uh, no, it's definitely egregious. <laughs> Fraser is in the building. <laughs> Fraser is in the building, and he knows. Uh, Brendan Fraser's here? Yeah, yes, Brendan Fraser. That's where he's been this whole time, is waiting for waiting in your apartment to, to chime in on this. Uh, and, and, you know, and at the beginning of this scene, Tim was saying, if we go to the salad bar, we can be out in an hour. Toss salad, scramble this. I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I think that uh, so I think Tim made like a little goof. Tim yeah. is five percent at fault. I think uh, Joe is ninety five percent. Like this yeah. is just not normal behavior. And there, you know, another obnoxious thing about Joe, as we kind of mentioned, was that he's you know they're at a steakhouse and he says like order anything off the menu you want. Tim looks at the menu once is like good the chicken, and then he's so insistent like you got to get the steak. We're at the steakhouse. You got to get the steak. Uh, and then Jill's like oh I want the chicken as well. And then she changes her order once all of this the lies come to fruition. She's like, I'll have the steak with extra bread so that I can mop up all the blood. And she, she says that looking at Tim right after it comes. It was yeah. a fantastic delivery and fantastic line. That, yeah, that's how, the episode, that's, how the, that's how the scene ends. And it's just, yeah, the, I mean, this, this, this whole scene at the restaurant is so good. Yeah. This is, 
just it's just great writing. It's yeah. just they set it up early in a way that you don't really think is going to come back. It comes back unexpectedly, and then that line about the rolls mopping up the bl- I mean <laughs> it gets recontextualized at the end of the scene. Yeah. That's it's just really good writing. It's just Fraser Caliber. Was the name of the lady who wrote this one again? Rosalind Moore. Rosalind Moore, we sing in your honor. You are truly brilliant. <laughs> Uh, doot, 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 doot. That's for you. <laughs> Semi-charmed writer. Yeah, um, I'd say fully charmed. <laughs> uh, yes. So this takes us uh, back home, and Al is babysitting the kids. There is nothing I love more than when Al is babysitting the kids. I'm I'm glad that Karen is no longer on the show, because that means that now we get... Now Al is always the one who's babysitting. <laughs> and there is something so satisfying about seeing Al inside the Taylor house. Oh, man. Seeing Al inside the Taylor house being respected by all of the boys, uh, large and in charge. <laughs> it really is a sliding doors moment. Um, yes, yes. And so they're watching horror films, which I, I'm wondering, is it Goosebump Theater again? Is it at Hell? I really want to watch. I would. I mean, you've got really gothic music playing. Yeah. I would assume it's something more akin to Goosebump Theater than it is Bayonet Hell, which it, would have more of the military uh, synthy sound. I can see that. I can see it. It, it sounds more like a hammer it horror would, movie. It would be, yeah, exactly. That they're watching. And Bayonet Hell is more Carpenter synths than yeah. it is, uh, I don't know, less Baxter gothic. But, yes. um Brad is, so they're panning across the couch. Al is eating his little sausage off a fork, which is a great touch considering it comes back into play a moment later. So many good bits. But as it finishes panning, we see Brad not watching the screen, but uh, sewing uh, (laughs) for his uh, project, which (laughs) was a great way to bring that back in. Yeah, and, and... You know, Randy is making fun of him. Say, you know, he said, like, oh, this this hat's taking forever. This is stupid. And Randy <laughs> says, oh, well, better hurry up so you can start on the skirt that goes with it. <laughs> and Brad charges at Randy to fight him, but Al separates them. Yeah, and well, they listen. Yeah, yeah, I know. They they have so much respect for Al. Al separates them while carefully defending his jar of Vienna sausages. <laughs> uh, like, like, a, like, like a bear protecting its cub. <laughs> or some other animal you you like protecting its cub. But, um... <laughs> So he said, "He says, you know, I learned, you know, I I'll have you know, I know how to sew." And they're like, "Really? Is this- sewing, sewing's a useful uh, skill to have." Yeah, and he says, "I learned it in the navy." What? What? <laughs> Uh, and he and they're like, you were in the navy, Al. In and unison, the, the, the question came straight out of my mind into Randy's mouth. Randy and you and me all said that at the same time. <laughs> and he says, "Yeah, I signed up when I was eighteen. I wanted to see the world and go to you know feel the wind in my hair and have the the trade winds take me off to strange places." Wow, where'd you go? Uh, nowhere. I was stationed in Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> But Fantastic! I just love this idea that Al has a military background. Like Al mm-hmm. knows how to like shoot guns and like you know climb ropes and shit. Like you know he. I Al like has... that, and I don't know if this is intentional by the writers, but it kind of checks out with his history. If he his dad died early, and it was just his mom and you know trying to make ends meet and, and you know needing structure in his mm-hmm. life, like. I could see that being a very possible trajectory for him uh, to choose at 18. Yeah, yeah. You know, and also that's a way you can, you know, you're living uh, rent-free and you can send money home to mom and dad. Well, to yeah. just mom. I mean, that that would make sense for Al. Uh, I mean, all that's left for us now is to see Al in his little sailor uniform. Yeah, yeah. But but plot twist, it's actually not his military uniform. It's for the production of Anything Goes that he's in. <laughs> Uh, I'm surprised that for a guy who was in the military, there is zero military memorabilia in his house. Yeah, that's true. Like, I, I, not, not a picture of an aircraft carrier, no tattoos. It's all on the fourth wall. 
Uh, the the fourth wall is all just like models of, of aircraft carriers exactly. and, and, and fighter jets yep. and all that stuff. Life preservers. Um, models of life preservers. Yeah. Models wearing life preservers. <laughs> uh, so, there, and then Tim and Jill get home. Yeah, and this is, they're fighting. This is always the joke, though. Whenever we get a scene of whether it's Karen, whether it's Al up watching horror movies with the boys. Like, it's always, oh, we're seeing what's happening while Tim and Jill are out. Oh, whatever babysitter is watching horror movies with the boys. Oh, Tim and Jill coming home surprises them. The boys run off. I mean, I'm not complaining because I love this. Yeah. But it's I like that that's the beat every time. It's like mom and dad have left. Okay, the boys are on their absolute best behavior now. Uh, and, you know, I'll give credit where credit's due. Sam did point out this thing that uh, I can now not unsee. Every time Al waves at someone, just puts his hand straight up in the air. Because uh, oh. when Tim and Jill walk in, he's like, oh, hey! And he's like, he walks towards them with his hand leading him. He's, he's been like, he's had the boys go running upstairs. He like picks Mark up, carries him halfway across the room because Mark's sleeping. Says, right, takes the pillow sleep. away from him. And then he, yeah, he take, he's still holding the pillow and he, go, he throws it back onto the yeah. couch as the door opens and just keeps the hand up and yeah. turns. But you're right, and I'm doing it right yeah, now. Right. It's just like I'm, I'm raising, you're raising your hand in class or something. <laughs> so Tim and Jill get home. They're fighting. They're yep. angry. Tim uh, is looking for snacks. He like because I guess they uh, they didn't eat at the restaurant yeah. or whatever because the food was too rare. Uh, so Tim opens the cupboard and he goes like, Wait, "Where's all the cookies?" And Al goes, "Well, I ate them." He goes, "You ate all of them?" He says, "Well, you aren't paying me, Tim. You told me I could eat anything I wanted." <laughs> I love the the way that this scene unfolds. Like with uh, with Al remaining there as Tim and Jill are fighting, it just adds an extra layer of comedy to what's already going on the energy that's already there because the because tim's the, the work tim is doing in this scene is looking for something to eat yeah al we have just seen eat everything in the house <laughs> so al is just standing there being guilty and like getting all these you're getting all these like punchlines, all these just like little visual yeah, cues of right. him standing there as tim is looking for food and then he goes into the fridge to get the sausages <laughs> and he goes where's all the sausages and he looks at al and al just kind of looks at the there's ground there's no line there just kind of I just, really, really fun beat. Losing my shit. Like, yeah. the, this hilarious scene on the, on the heels of the other hilarious scene. Yeah. I, I know that there have been times in the past that we were like, man, maybe we're not going to like the show anymore. But then an episode like this comes Yeah, this along. one really turned things around for me. This is a, this is a sawed-off blast of quality 90s sitcom <laughs> in the face. Uh, Jill runs upstairs at the end of the scene. They're still fighting. And she, she does say, like, she tells Tim what his problem is, is that his brain doesn't serve any purpose other than keeping his head from caving in. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that line. She's, she's just, you know, why would you, why would you tell that lie about me? Why would you tell this guy you just met that I, that all these things about me that aren't true? And yeah, Tim, I wasn't thinking or whatever yeah, he says. Yeah. Um, so then the scene kind of takes on a yellowish tint. Yes. And then wraps into itself. And becomes an opaque yellow ball. And and I see this and I think, this is normal. I've seen this a million times. <laughs> It'll bounce into the next scene. And then it does. It bounces into the backyard and it goes all the way through the frame, seemingly bouncing off of the fence and then rolling back and bouncing up onto the porch behind the fireplace. This is the th- it, it, it bounces into the next scene and goes out of frame as Tim is like moving around. And I think, okay, well, that's the end of that transition. And then as he's walking over to the fence yelling for Wilson, it's late at night because yeah. he's just gone out. Yeah, the the still animated ball rolls past him and bounces. It's so weird. And then he picks it up. It's a it's another example two in a row of the transitions becoming tangible things in the home improvement universe. On always in the Wilson scenes. Oh yeah, interesting. So Tim picks up the yellow ball, walks over. Also, I want to point out the camera work here. The camera's moving through the yard 
it doesn't stop moving. It's pushing towards Wilson's yeah. house, which we, I think we see more of in this one than we do before. Tim picks up the ball, goes over to the fence, like, Wilson! Wilson, are you awake? And he starts throwing the ball <laughs> he, he against He does a the Jack house. Torrance <laughs> against his house, yeah. Yeah. To wake Wilson up. Now, I'm going to say, again, in season one, if I had seen this transition, I probably would have quit the damn show. <laughs> I would have jumped off the balcony... I would have, I, I, I don't know. It uh-huh. would have been bad. Now I can see it and I'm like, okay, now I'm just like, yep, you did that. Oh, here we are. We are fully in. This was bound to happen and it begins. This is not a fully formed theory, but I'm just going to throw this out here to see if uh, it spirals into something. Okay. Um, last episode, we had the grunt creep being killed underneath Tim's foot. Yes. So we thought. And then later, he throws a rock, which we presumed was maybe aimed at Tim from the void. Oh, shit. And it goes in and misses and lands in Wilson's yard. Wilson picks it up. This time, we start with the grunt creep wanting to play ball with Tim. He's trying to block as Tim's throwing the football at the beginning of the episode. And now we get a ball coming in. I'm wondering if there's some sort of connection here. When you said... And the grunt creep was wanting to play ball with Tim. I immediately got the thought, what if the grunt creep is Tim's illegitimate son? <laughs> like, Tim Tim fucked a power drill and got it pregnant and it gave birth to the words home improvement. <laughs> I thought it was more like uh, the adopted son that they had before Mark. <laughs> they they pushed him into the void yeah. and he slowly became the grunt creep over time. L- sort of like Bane. He was born in the darkness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... I don't know, but, like, now I just appreciate that, like, okay, the previous scene wrapped into a ball, bounced into the next scene, and then and then it became the central prop of the scene. Yeah. I almost, like, like, okay, Home Improvement, you're doing this dumb thing, but you're doing 150% of the dumb thing. <laughs> you are not half-assing this bit. It's and, true. And, every, and, the, and the thing is, it's not, the whole scene isn't just like, hey, look at the ball, look what we're doing. Right. It's like a good scene around it, and this is yeah. just, like, dressing. Yeah. Because, Tim, in, in one shot... Last scene wraps up into a ball, rolls into the backyard. Tim picks it up, walks over, bounces it off Wilson's uh, house until Wilson, like the lights come on and Wilson staggers out in a bathrobe. Yeah, groggy, definitely asleep. Tim, Tim's first line to Wilson, hey Wilson, have you ever had a really annoying neighbor? And Tim, <laughs> is this a trick question? <laughs> <laughs> it's just so that is just funny it's like it's physical comedy it's wordplay it's it's whatever kind of comedy it is when the previous scene becomes a prop in the next scene it's characterization it's everything yeah yeah it's, yeah. it's really just well well written yeah well well written like wild wild west like so so evening Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah the only so so thing about this episode is the title <laughs> um yeah yeah so then he's asking he's asking wilson just like what uh what to do about this like yeah yeah i'm i honestly i was i was having so much fun and and i was so excited about that transition thing i kind of missed the (laughs) whole line of questioning and answering but it was i mean it was a pretty short scene he was just asking like what do you do about an annoying neighbor yeah he's Uh, he's bouncing the ball off the fence yeah exactly and then wilson grabs the ball at one point and then gives him a piece of advice and he says, he's bouncing by, he says, well, neighbor, uh, when, whenever uh, one of my neighbors is annoying me, I just think, well, try to see the good in him. Yeah. Yeah. And then Tim goes, oh, does that work? Well, it does with you. And he says something like, well, it does with you, or it did tonight, or something like that. <laughs> or, and, or he says, oh, no, Tim says, well, what if the guy keeps annoying me, and then, or what if the person keeps annoying you, and then 
Wilson catches the ball and takes away and says, and then I take his ball away. <laughs> and he walks up. So this, and then the scene ends. Yeah. But so this whole scene, the scene starts with the ball flying into the backyard and ends with the ball changing hands to Wilson. It's yeah. almost like they're still playing catch in a yeah. sense. Ooh. It's very kinetic. That's, that's the $10 word I want to use. It's some kinetic comedy. Um, so we cut to... Uh, the garage the next day, I'm assuming, um, Joe comes back over, mm-hmm. just willy-nilly entering the garage again. Yeah. Tim is very apprehensive, obviously. Um, but Joe's there to apologize. Yeah. He he says, hey, listen, I got you something for getting you in heat with, uh, with Jill. Brings over this box, unveils not a replica, but an actual 33 grill for his hot rod. Also clever because Tim says at the beginning, says, oh, yeah, it's a 33 re-. – like he mentions it being a replica and it's kind mm-hmm. of a throwaway. Although to me I think like doesn't seem like Tim to have a replica. He seems like he'd want the real <laughs> thing. So it's cool that it comes back around like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Uh, another fine piece of writing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and they are like um, – they do kind of bury the hatchet here. Um, I can't remember exactly what transpires but it so- ends with him saying, well, you know – Maybe when you finish the hot rod, you can give me a give me a ride around the neighborhood. Yeah, we'll call and we'll call it even. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what the 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 meat of it is? Uh, Joe says to him, like, look, I I couldn't imagine why you why you tell me a lie like that about Jill, but then I realized it. You're cheating on her. And <laughs> right, Tim goes, no, that's not it. And he goes, oh well, then there's only one other option. You hate me. And and. You know, Joe more or less goes like, not everybody likes the meat, man. I'm sorry. I know I can come out a little bit strong. Yeah. And, you know, and then he shows that he got him the thing to, you know, the, the grill. Is a... But this is the thing with, with people like Joe. I mean, he's played, obviously, to an extreme. But people sure. like him exist in the world. Yeah, oh, where yes. it's just like, if those are the two options that you have, two conclusions that you've come to that someone's cheating on their wife or they hate you. Like, if cheating on the wife isn't the option, then... Why do you have to put it on the person, you know, confront them with, go, well, you hate me? Yeah. Why wouldn't you just go, okay, well, I get it. I'll see you later. And you not might. have to, like, draw that out. You know, that's just another level of obnoxiousness to me. Okay. But, no, I think it's about on the same level of obnoxiousness as, like, repeating the details of his and Tim's private conversation at the <laughs> right, dinner table. Yeah. Or point blank asking Tim how much he's making and whether he's cheating on his wife or not. Like, yeah. those are all things that are... Yeah, exactly. Just another yeah. example of his obnoxiousness yeah um so yeah they shake on it he leaves yeah and then uh, jill comes in yeah jill comes in to do some laundry and tim's saying oh i got me a new grill yeah, yeah you know that guy's all right you know and yeah yeah i might and you know i i like him a lot actually and jill's kind of incredulous about this yeah, and he goes well i just like to find the good in everybody yeah exactly and then which i question um does he actually find the good, or is he just like, okay, because he got him something? Uh, Tim, find me the good in <laughs> Al's mother. Uh, yeah, there you go. There's your challenge. I, yeah, I think, no, I think Tim is, again, Tim is just a human golden retriever. Uh, like, oh, he gave me a thing. Yeah. I like him now. We are best friends. <laughs> uh, but so Tim goes over and is talking to Jill and says, like, hey, you know, I just want to let you know. Next time you want to go out with, uh, with them as a couple, or you want to go out with, uh, I keep forgetting the wife's name. Marie. Marie. Next time you want to go out with Marie and Joe... Uh, as a couple, I'll go with you. And she goes, oh, yeah, Marie and I want to go out as a couple again. We just have to find a couple other guys to go with. <laughs> and ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. Um, We get our stinger, uh, which is back in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And it's not worth mentioning too much. Basically, Jill is on the phone making an excuse not to look at vacation slides mm-hmm. uh, of someone that wants them to come over. Well, for Marie, I thought. It wasn't Marie. Oh, it was for someone else? It was someone else, and I'm only mentioning it because it's another interesting, very, very subtle callback. Really? Who was it? It was Sheila 
from You're Driving Me Nuts, You're Driving Me Crazy, The Failed Wedding. She has started dating someone new and went on vacation with them. Oh, Sheila, you're just setting yourself up for failure, girl. (laughs) I know. Well, they did seem to rush into a vacation. Like, to go from being uh, ready to get married on the altar uh, to what is it? It had to have been not even eight months. months. Yeah, yeah. And you're going on vacation with a new boo? Hey, you know who rushes in? Fools. (laughs) Sheila, you fool. Yes. Uh... Full time. Full time. Um, Sheila time. So this uh, gives way to Jill and Tim sitting on the couch saying, because uh, she makes a, she basically lies to Sheila on the phone so that they don't have to go over there. And Tim's very like, well, you just lied and I, I lied. What's the difference here? And Jill breaks down the different types of lies you could tell uh, that are okay. Yeah. Which I, which are like, oh, you know, uh, my wife. Oh, oh, I can't come over to my wife. Uh <laughs> That's you know, that's that's the only excuse. It's all my way. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's simultaneously so ahead of his time and so far behind our time. I'd <laughs> uh, say like, oh, you know, we can't. Jill was too busy finishing her third story or finishing her third novel or like, yeah, uh, or like all these super anything nice that's things. building her up essentially. Yeah. yeah, and Tim is going like, oh, what about like Jill's too busy braiding her back hair and typical Tim and Jill. <laughs> and I feel like that was an impromptu line because Jill. Patricia Richardson feels like she laughs, you know, mm. at it. But the consummate professional, she's able to pull out of it and finish the scene. Just like a female Daniel Day-Lewis of sitcoms. <laughs> um, yeah, so they just kind of go back and forth like that for a while. And then the last one is like, um, oh, I, you can't come over because my wife's too busy uh, showering me with love and kisses and affection. And she goes, uh, nauseating but acceptable. And they kiss a whole bunch. Ew. Yeah. Ooh, goes the audience. Um, <laughs> then we go into outtakes where Wilson can't catch the ball that Tim's bouncing off the fence. Yeah. Uh, it's always funny in the outtakes with Wilson because you can't really tell when he's breaking. I you know. can't see him smile. That's Every time that happens now, all I see are his hands flailing in the air from that uh, the very first time they had a blooper with him. Yeah, because I think that's the only way the crew can tell what he, <laughs> he wants or needs him to do. Oh man, uh, and that's our episode. Yeah, and it was a really good one. I, well, that was a great episode. Put, you know what? If we could put one episode of a sitcom on the golden record to send out into deep space on the Voyager probe, <laughs> uh, probably season four, episode nineteen of Frasier. Are you being served? But if I had, <laughs> this would be probably my ninth or tenth choice. Oh, like wow. out, out of any home improvement episode, this would yeah. be my number one choice so far. I think that I, this is the best example of home improvement, what it is. If you yeah. have not watched any of the show, I recommend you watch this one. This is why we are doing this show. <laughs> it is for great episodes like this. Yeah, it, it is a fantastic one. Uh, and one that I somewhat remember as a kid, but not entirely. Uh, I mean, I definitely remember Joe. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I do. I agree with you. It's just like a, a, a great example of the, the show's uh, pinnacles of writing. You know, yeah. I think that... It's often overlooked at how how I just finely fine tuned that the writing can be sometimes when you have it firing with all the characters at their peak performances. Yeah, double underline sometimes, but man, when yeah. it's when it's a sometime, they are they are great. They can go toe to toe with <laughs> with celebrated shows. This is um yeah, this is what this is what a half hour sitcom ought to be. Moments yeah. like this. Everything fits, everything works, it doesn't peter out. So now, so now, when the next episode is not this good, I'm going to be extra disappointed and extra scathing. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah. you know what? We'll uh, we'll tackle that 
next week. Oh, man, won't we just? <laughs> uh, do you have anything else you want to cover with this episode? Uh, I have nothing else to cover for this episode. I have expressed as much love as I can. Okay. Um, well, you can always find out all sorts of information about this episode uh, and more on our website which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. And did you know, at that website, you can sign up for a newsletter. <gasps> really? Can you? You can. What kind of stuff's on this newsletter? Um, uh, the show notes. Oh, that's good. Uh, any kind of uh, additional appearances that you or and I make. You, what did I you're, say? You're, you're and I. You're and I. <laughs> you're and I. You're and I. <laughs> Peeing and eyes. That either of us make on other podcasts. Yes. Uh, like the part-time superhero podcast. Yes, for like example. The Fan Theory World. Yes. Uh, which we, we would love to get back in uh, touch with them and do another episode. Absolutely, absolutely. And I also just listened to your Infinity War episode of Part-Time Superhero. Oh, how about that? Very good. I disagree with your opinions on a lot of Marvel movies as I was texting you the other day. <laughs> yes, which we'll dig into uh, after this episode is this, over. This asshole didn't like Guardians of the Galaxy 2, you it guys. It is a trash film. It, um, it has Southern Knights in it <laughs> in a wonderful scene where Michael Rooker and all the bad guys are getting blown up by Rocket's special landmines. Okay, I'm sorry. Please continue. <laughs> um, if you enjoyed our show, uh, please share it wherever you can. Uh, consider leaving us an iTunes review. Do, do more than just cons- consider it and then do it. You know what? And if you don't want to write, if you don't want to write out an entire review, I get that. You can still rate us on iTunes without leaving us a review, and that also helps us. Yeah, it is especially helpful if you pick the maximum number of stars, which is five. <laughs> but we're not going to tell you what to do. No, you know? no, we're not going to tell you. you. Be we, honest. We, um, we let the work speak for itself. <laughs> uh, and uh, all these things really help others find us uh, out there in the, the wild, wild west. I I think I've used that one before. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I said Wild Wild West earlier as oh, you well. Did? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, if you need any more incentives, remember that every time you share us, <laughs> we will let you eat chicken if you want to eat chicken. Yeah, absolutely. We're not yeah. going to dictate to you. Yeah. You can eat chicken. You can leave us any number of stars on our iTunes reviews. We prefer five, but yeah, whatever you want. Um, you can also follow us on all the various social media places, which is also a good place to share us. Uh, and that is at Grunt Work Pod. Yeah. And with that, well, I've been Truman Caps. I've been Landon Solano. And remember, if you're going to murder somebody, be sure to buy a can of Pillsbury Dinner Rolls first, so you can mop up all that blood and destroy the evidence. See you next week, folks. If you survive. (laughs) 